Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Cotton in a Rocket Ship. I am your host, Lennox Mars Jr., and this is Season 2, Episode 24. And the name of this episode is going to be called uh, Renewal. And um, the reason why we're going to call this episode Renewal is because we're going to revisit um, something that just recently happened. Um, I spoke on my... Dr. Cornell West, the, the curious case or the, the curse of the black academic, of the, the African-American academic, excuse me. And something recently came up, which was how the Howard University president, Dr. Cornell West, and um, Dr., uh, I want to say, Ed, Edward Tate, it was uh, on... YouTube, you can find it on YouTube, it's under Howard University President Cornell West discussed to dissolve the classics department, and I just thought it was very fitting that um, we spoke on how Dr. Cornell West is perceived in these um, Ivy League and um, these academic um, institutions. And how his fight is totally counterproductive to where he is in his setting. So he's in a, um, just to recap a little bit, it's just that he's in a, an Ivy League setting, which produces a lot of the, the presidents, the, the CEOs of J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, you name it, it's pretty much has pumped out a lot of they, they've done a lot of good, but they've pumped out a lot of the, the individuals who are status quo, the, the, the runners of society, so to speak. And he's there championing social inju- uh, injustice. He's championing a lot of things, and he's not getting tenure in these, these institutions. And so I just found it ironic is that why don't he lend his celebrity to a HBCU that would benefit from it? And here he's having a conversation with um, the president of Howard University in contention of them dissolving the classics department, um, and which is an area of his expertise, um, which is philosophy. So I'm going to let you in on just the premise of it. I'm not going to go through the entire thing because it's 11 minutes long and I don't want to... Um, to um, bog you down with too much um, frivolous information. So I'm just going to cut to certain points. So just listen. And as part of, quote, prioritization efforts, it's a move that sparked a Washington Post op-ed from Cornell West and author and educator Jeremy Tate entitled Howard University's removal of classics is a spiritual catastrophe. They wrote, quote, Academia's continual campaign to disregard or neglect the classics is a sign of spiritual decay and moral decline and deep intellectual narrowness running amok in American culture. Those who commit this terrible act treat Western civilization as either irrelevant or and not as worthy of prioritization or as harmful and worthy only as condemnation. 
Last week, we had Jeremy Tate on the show, and this morning, his op-ed partner, Dr. Cornell West, is our guest. Also with us to defend the decision, the president of Howard University, Wayne A.I. Frederick, Princeton University's Eddie Glaude, is still with us as well. Good to have you all with us this morning. Reading more from Cornell's piece, if I could, to end this spiritual catastrophe, we must restore true education, mobilizing all of the intellectual and moral resources we can to create human beings of courage, vision, and civic virtue. This classical approach to the is united to the black experience. It recognizes that the end and aim of education is really the anthem of black people, which is to lift every voice. That means to find your voice, not an echo or an imitation of others, but you can't find your voice without being grounded in tradition, grounded in legacies, grounded in heritages, engaging with the classics and with our civilizational heritage is the means to finding our true voice. It is how we become our full selves, spiritually free and morally great. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. It was a lot said. And um, in in what was expressed, right? For me, what I take out of that um, is that if someone's seeking their higher self, their truer self, and, and if the classics are truly um, the spirit of of an academic institution, right, of a college or a university, and it's being removed, I, I go back to saying that Dr. Cornell West could have saved that department from Howard for Howard mm-hmm. University easily. His star power could have in, uh, introduced a certain level of of black intellect in, into that hallway or into those doors, where he can be. He could have revived that department. And um, this is kind of the growing trend of a lot of universities who aren't a part of the um, quote unquote Ivy League. The Ivy League keeps departments on because they have billion dollar endowments multi multiple billion dollar endowments so a princeton or a harvard or a yale don't ever have to worry about money they have they got old money they have um donors every year they can they can sponsor there are some of the institutions that don't even have like fafsa right or um they don't do federal funding like if they want you there and you applied and you don't have the money to go there, they'll find private donors to just shoot you the money and here you go. Just make sure your grades are high. That's the type of money they have. Like you they don't they don't nickel and dime at all. And um that's just a testament of how deep the pockets are. But I say this to say that he's talking about finding a truer voice, acknowledging our truer selves. But he's playing ball on somebody else's court. And, and it's it's kind of hard to knock him because I take a I graphed a lot of his his mind and some of his, a lot of his words and it, it it resonates with me. So of course that came from the humanities and the classics and the the, the philosophical thinking because I believe that 
every woman and man it, it's your thoughts are things and they, they become reality right but at first you have to first unlock it right you have to first study diligently and find out who you are and your truer self I get it but he could have introduced a lot of black intellects you know a person being being right there how it is in Washington DC you could have done a lot of community good he could have found some person of color some black woman or black man who's interested in philosophy who comes out of the the ghettos of DC or the hoods in Maryland or anywhere right who wanted to come to HBCU because HBCUs are, are, are that polarizing in the african-american community especially somewhere as howard right howard is, is nothing to, to to scoff at howard is is top of the line and howard is is honestly when i did the black elite piece howard is is black elite a lot of old generation old black elite people have legacies at howard university legacies that stem six, seven, eight, nine <laughs> generations back, right? Since the inception of the school, they've always been a Howard man or Howard woman attending those schools. So I don't think the translation would have been good. And it there's a lot of things that that don't upset me, but it just it um it puts me on notice with, with Dr. West. And, and the other thing is that um, I would hope that they, from looking at the body language, I don't believe that a, a private conversation was held before this, um, this um, piece was done, right? Before this, this morning talk show was done. And I... I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I think in our community, we should afford each other a, a phone call. Right? If two intellects want to have a discussion over the phone about why you shouldn't or shouldn't do it, fine. Have a phone call to say, I, I'm displeased with that. But... It it, it it finds that whenever you there there's a confrontation amongst black people there there are white arbiters right there's white arbiters in a space and, and it's either in the form of talk shows or in the form of of, of whether it's Bill Maher or um, You name it, it's always on a, a, a white platform. And I'm knocking it. Maybe that gets the most eyes. And maybe we don't have our own platforms. So I'm just going to always leave that space there, right? Maybe we don't have our own platforms or a big enough platform in order to do so. Because that's a, a different conversation within itself. However, I think we should always give each other the benefit of the doubt of a phone call or um, some means of communication before we go to the newspaper or go to a, a, a talk show to then air out our grievances. And um, I want 
my audience to to listen to what the the president of Howard had to say about the decision to to close the, the classics down. And going back to the part is that a lot of universities are closing down certain departments that they feel as though is not producing. They're either not getting the 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 number of students interested in that piece or um well it's a number of things it's either they're not getting this the number of students to do that faculty and staff maybe um slim to none or faculty and staff may be a little bit more expensive for a a um a field of study that is is hard to for them to to swing or hard for them to to add in their course calendar or set up through their registrar it's a lot of things that go on of why a university makes the decision to slash a whole department and or, or combine it with another department or have classes where you can get like a, a certificate but you won't really get a, a, a degree a robust education in quote-unquote philosophy that would be more ivy league because they have the pockets and the tenure to do so because they're not going to change up anything because they have the money for it but i'll let you listen in cornell it is always great to have you here i'm sorry we're, we blindsided you with eddie cloud but yeah <laughs> we'll make sure that eddie is a, a classic she believed in the quest for truth beauty goodness and the holy I wasn't a part of that, my predecessor was. I was to look at how we look at our academic offerings, the quality of them. This is the um, president of Howard University. Involved ...and looking in ways that we could contemporize um, these offerings. So the first thing I would say is I think the headline um, probably misrepresented what is happening at Howard. While we are closing the classics department, we are not stopping offering classics. We do believe that the classics are important as a foundational study, just as important as we believe African-American studies is uh, to the black student today. And then the last thing I would say is we also are focused on contemporizing uh, the experience um, of the black student so that they can take the classics and apply it to today's world. You have to remember, we can teach them about Pluto and Seneca and so on, but the reality is these students have to go out in a world and live in a world where they see a George Floyd murdered and they have to be able to transfer um, that skill set. And so what I think we've been doing here at Howard and, and doing successfully is not asking students so much about their major, but asking them more about their mission and trying to give them a contemporary education that has foundational elements, but also has progressive um, elements to it as well. Eddie, uh, I'll, I'll uh, have you go uh, to Cornell in a minute, but I just wanted to, to state uh, another part of, of the op-ed where uh, the significance of classic literature and the lives of black freedom fighters throughout history. Uh, Cornell and Mr. Tate point out that Frederick Douglass uh, learned to read while enslaved, studied the likes of Socrates, Cato, and Cicero. And in Martin Luther King's letter uh, from Birmingham jail, he referenced Socrates three times. And, and Cornell brings up how uh, the classics often uh, have been used in civil rights movements uh, to uh, to connect uh, to, to some eternal truths that uh, need to be uh, reconfirmed even in these days. 
Absolutely, no, absolutely. I wanted to ask. Okay, we're gonna stop it there because uh, that was enough to parse out. Um, Dr. Uh, Eddie Eddie Tate was, who's a part of Princeton, was going to speak. Um, once again, you can find this on YouTube. You you can just literally put in Howard University President Dr. Cornell Mess, move to dissolve the classics department, and it'll come up. It's from Morning Joe. Okay, so breaking down the last piece, this was um, the president. And he said a lot, but in, in to paraphrase what he was saying is that he's there getting rid of the department, yes, but also they are still having the classes. So you can take a, a philosophy class or you can take something that can do that. However, he, he discussed something very interesting in this piece where he talked about some solutions right to have a contemporary education so what Howard is doing is is coupling a five-year degree education so you can do a four plus one right so you can get your bachelor's and you can do additional year and then you can get your master's right so that is going to bring down your your overall debt to ratio income right so you're lowering the debt by offering a master's course or you can get your master's in five years as opposed to doing um, four years getting your bachelor's and going back for, for another two years and usually your master's is um, within those two years of taking master's courses is usually double the cost so in those two years time you may have paid four years worth of, of undergraduate education so you, you may have came out let's just say with a ticket or depending on whether you're in-state or out-state and if you didn't have any college scholarships you're coming out with 80,000 to almost close to 100,000 with dollars worth of debt um just to, to add in inflation because when I graduated in 2009 2010 it's um the prices have jumped tremendously so these things were done with the black student in mind because there's a lot of african-american people who are highly educated but they can't uh, proceed with a lot of their their life goals because of debt right it's harder to get a house when you because your your debt to income ratio has to be lower in order to to get a house right especially even if it's fha 3.5 percent um and also, getting a higher degree means you have higher access to income, right? Higher opportunity to, for access to income. So, if you have a master's degree as opposed to a BA, it would separate you from everyone else who has a BA. And now you can go uh, shop yourself on the market with a master's degree and hopefully you can get a higher salary. So, that's what he was talking about. Um, and he just didn't see that with the um, with philosophy, right? Because black people, unfortunately, philosophy is something that it, it, it's an advanced study, and you have to get to the higher degree of levels, and you have had to have some experiences in writing books, and the time it takes in order, it, it's a very slow grind slow process in order to, to see the return on your investment with a phd 
with a with a doctorate, right? But then to have a doctor in philosophy, how many people are going to hire uh, a person with a, a doctorate in philosophy and pay them their worth in the marketplace without um, and and that could be hard to to identify, right? You you would have to go into the marketplace with that type of degree and where would you go you would have to go probably bounce yourself back to a university of some sort teach um, or become a professor that sort of thing so you're kind of on track to becoming a, a professor um could you have gone to work for Merck or um or work for uh Wall Street yeah yeah there, I'm sure there's people with doctorates who've done that I've had um a dean um Dean King, she left being a dean and, and ended up working for Port Authority. So, um, and, and being paid handsomely. So, it, it's it's happened, but that path is not a it's it's a non-traditional path, right? When we go to school, we try to take a linear path, which is if I get this degree, the outcome is X. Which I think we should scrub some of that too as well. But really, if I get a degree in engineering or in, in, uh, or medicine, I know that my outcome is a lot more defined as opposed to getting a degree in philosophy. So that's the other thing too. There's a cost-benefit analysis to to certain degrees in the marketplace, and there's a value system placed on these degrees that don't necessarily add up to to actual dollars, physical dollars in the marketplace, or what um, employers are willing to pay you for your knowledge so to speak um so I thought that was was um interesting I'm gonna bypass um Dr. Tate and um I'm gonna go straight to to, so you can hear some a little bit of Cornell West since this piece is about um revisiting money against the rule of mediocrity, against the rule of military might, against the rule of forms of dogmatism and forms of conformity. So that in the last 40 years, conservatives have, act, have acted as if, when you talk about Shakespeare or Dante or Tony Morrison or Herbert Melville, somehow, because you're talking about the classics, that's their terrain. You say, no, not at all. <laughs> you're talking about R.A.B. West, you're talking about Donnie Hathaway, you're talking about uh, 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 Ralph Ellison, you're talking about James Paul, when you talk about great figures, greatness is something found in every culture. Every culture. We could talk about Stokely Carmichael from Trinidad, just like the president from Trinidad. That's greatness. Yes. We could talk about James, CLR James. That's greatness. So that it cuts across the board, and it does cut across gender, cuts across ideology, cuts across skin color. That's the serious talk about truth, but that's what Howard University has historically stood for at its best. Yeah, so, um, uh, President uh, Frederick, uh, what do you say to critics who uh, say that the move that Howard University is making uh, is, is also uh, bad uh, in the long run for, for black students and black scholars? Because when you look at a field, like the study of the classics, it is so dominated by uh, white professors, uh, by by white thinkers, that Howard needs to remain a beacon, uh, in, in in this area. Uh, so, 
you can have more uh, black thinkers, more black scholars moving into this field. Yeah, I, I, I would strongly disagree. I mean, we are going to offer these courses. We are also going to offer a path for students to do that, but in a more contemporary way. We're going to start the social innovation hub, for instance, that will put the humanities and social studies at the core of that and wrap that uh, with different aspects that students can then go out and do the types of things and solve for the big problems like income inequality, criminal justice reform, etc. I think what we have to recognize today is that while Howard does represent a, pile, a pipeline, we must not take on that pipeline at the detriment of our own selves in, in the cause of the greater humanity. And, and there's several aspects of which Howard does that, where we had the first and only department, and we ended up with the last and only department. But we also have to make sure that we can thrive, not just survive. And I think we are equally and, and well criticized if we aren't surviving and making strong administrative decisions to ensure that we're thriving. I think there's a different means to that end, and we must do that. Um, we started a BAJD program. The students in that program are going to have undergrad um, degrees in the humanities and go to law school in one year less. And that's a contemporary way of looking at the black student, taking their, their debt burden down, but giving them an opportunity for a contemporary experience. And so we have to keep being nimble around those things. And I don't think there's any one path that we should be, that, that should be placed upon us for how we achieve some of those goals. Okay. So I'm going to stop you there. Dr. Cornell West said a lot, and then the president um, said a, a, a lot as well, too. Dr. Cornell West, he sees the he can tie a, a nice string to, to if you listen to like Plato or Socrates, right? He can he can link Plato and Socrates to to Dr. King, as they said before, or Malcolm or James Baldwin or um, or Zora Neale Hurston or uh, a lot of the he can tie in a lot of the, the and I think that's very unique with him he can he can give you um he can give you some traditional hard latin greek right with plato and some of these complex ideas and he can tie that into the african american suffrage and then bounce it right back into the um the overarching theme of humanity, right? This is not just a black struggle, but it's a, hu a humanistic struggle. And we can see that cut across time, gender, race, um, the ideologies, um, you name it. And he, he's, he, he is one of a kind when, when it comes to that. Um, so just giving him his, his respect. However, Universities are businesses. Not only that, the president said that Howard has to be nimble. Um, being a small business owner myself, Yale, Harvard, um, Brown, a lot of these Ivy Leagues, baby Ivy Leagues, um, they have money to throw around. They have money to fund departments um, that may not be pop quote unquote popular, 
but they keep these departments afloat because it's prestige involved, it's class involved. So they will never get rid of the philosophies department because this is what they they stood on. They stood on old academia, the thought, thinking, um, writing, the basics. However, other, um, for example, for my audience, HBCUs have been um, been they've been underfunded for a very long time. They don't have the, the notoriety as a, a state school, and sometimes they don't even get the, the amount of state dollars or state aids because that's being taken away by other schools. Um, they've A lot of schools been struggling. Like, for example, there's, a, uh, I want to say it's, um, geez, wait, I want to say it, is it Miles? Not Miles College. Um, there's an HBCU in the South that um, unfortunately was... Um, defunct for a very long time it was closed down and another HBCU was keeping it afloat by using some of the dormitories the the, the residence halls I should say and um, you know taking care of the grounds or whatnot but it, it was um, it was closed down for a long time because they just can't foot the bill so that that was the same thing for Cheney that's the same thing for Lincoln and only a small prestigious amount of HBCUs are still afloat or doing well and even still they're not doing quote-unquote well because they're not getting the support from black um universities I mean excuse me not black universities but they're not getting the support from black students as they should right because there's always a a a a give and take or um a question of whether my degree coming from an HBCU will be strong enough against um someone that's in the Ivy League or is that someone who comes from a, a large state school, right? So even still, there's a hierarchy within your level of degree, right? So keep that in mind. Not all degrees are created equal. And so the president, knowing that, he has to find ways to um, make it easier for students to come in school. So I would say Dr. Cornell West... He's coming in almost like an employee telling a business owner, like, you should do this or you should do that, which he can be correct. However, if you're not going to be in the trenches with me telling, showing me how to make payroll or can I get this cheaper and you're just on the outside looking in when I have to make the hard decisions to whether say, do I keep this department or do I tank the university or do I shut the university down? Everyone can on the outside can say, man, you should have never closed it down. But if that department is not, it's not thriving and you did a marginal analysis over, over time, a marginal analysis over time to see that this university has been, hasn't been, I mean, this department hasn't been keeping up with its own and we're not getting the numbers and, and we're actually losing money in a department, you, you have no choice but to, to cut that that loss because losses hurt especially if you're not getting the numbers to begin with so that a lot of things are playing out in this small thing that's that that's going unsaid they didn't mention the fact that HBCUs are have always continued to lose ground in getting students 
And even so, a lot of HBCUs have gone to get, like, I, I think now it's almost like a 50-50 split between white and other people of color getting degrees or um, or individuals who are looking for a Western degree going, they're going to HBCUs or historically black colleges and getting um, a Western degree. So they, they're having a lot of students from China or um, in Africa come in to get a degree, a Western degree, be acknowledged in the Western field or coming from the West Indies, going to an HBCU, getting their degrees um, in America via the HBCU, either in going back home or that is their foothold in the, in the door to being accepted, right? Because we understand that if you don't have a degree from like Oxford, or there's few places outside of America where where their degree is recognized in America. So a lot of individuals are coming to um, HBCUs, one, because they're a lot cheaper, they're, they're a lot accessible, they still have some um, notoriety, um, and with that, which is unfortunate, which which um black and I, and I will say this a black person with an HBCU degree is not standing out as a person as an a an outsider or a quote unquote foreigner um coming into America with an HBCU degree because that that would be something or a white person with a historically black college degree that is almost looked at as a badge of honor and it, you can they can use that to their advantage right so so you need to to understand that but there's a lot that that's playing a part to that this is cotton in a rocket ship <laughs> that's my family and peace <laughs>